Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in Fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, and our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today, we're going to be talking about the software we didn't write and using third-party services. Oh, man. I love not writing software. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, yeah. So, we are developers and we do not like writing software. What's going on here? Yeah. I mean, like the only thing better than deleting code is just not writing it to begin with. Exactly. Oh, my God. That is pretty great. It's just like being able to use other services that exist in the wild so that you don't have to, what I call, reinvent the wheel. Yeah. It's just like the programming wheel. No, just stop. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. There's a class for that. The wheel like inherits from circle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go download that package. Never use the wheel again. I'm sure there's a wheel JS somewhere out there. I mean, there there are wheels in Python. That's like the packet name for packages. <laughs> it's a wheel? wheel. Yeah, it's a wheel of cheese from the cheese shop. Oh man! Wait, <laughs> why does different... Python have a wheel of cheese? Snakes like cheese? It's, it's a Python thing. I don't know. Monty <laughs> Python. It's, oh, oh it's, I that's see. A different, that's okay. a different episode. That's a different I guess. Python. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Yeah, but like, so I guess like we have like third party dependencies that we always install, like using our package managers. But sometimes that's that's not enough. Sometimes you need a little more muscle. And I think like overall, we were joking about reinventing the wheel, but you do end up saving time when you find the right package that does exactly what you need it to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's great. I, our team started using this like scroll sync package for yeah. React. Oh, my God. It's so dope. I've like <laughs> written I've written scroll syncing before and it's not that hard. But the just, fact that you don't have to worry about it this time around. Yeah. Just, done sometimes it's more complicated than just a scroll sync sometimes you got to do something like with a really complicated domain right like geolocated time zones mm, oh gosh <laughs> location and time zone two pain points right yeah there. like let's just leave, let's just leave that on the table and let somebody else take yeah. care of that let someone else get that headache and then you go and use the package and that's it like i mean i imagine a lot of listeners probably use Google for that, right? For maps and geolocation and whatnot, oh, yeah. which is great. Yeah, like Google has great API services that are super useful. And yeah, they save you a bunch of time to do a really well-implemented functionality. Yeah, I think in one of the other clients that I've worked at, we used uh, Store Mapper. Store Mapper is essentially very similar to Google Maps, but you don't have to use Google Maps.js to to mm-hmm. load up the map and do stuff. It's like semi-established company. So like they have like the random pop-up that says, hey, this person is going to help you today. Like, and you can message them if necessary. And so whatnot. it's like pretty vertically like specific for like, I have a store and I want someone to go to the store instead of like a generic thing like location services, like finding the nearest point or the distance. or Yeah, because you don't need to worry about finding the nearest point of a distance. You can literally say, hey, I'm going to upload the name of the store and the geolocation in an Excel spreadsheet, and it'll plop those things for you using their services. It's like really nice. Oh, it's like a really cool thing. Nice. And I think like one of the cool things about using it is being able to constantly update it and not have to worry about engineers updating that for you to feed into a database like other people can also interact with it, which is great. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's like a lot of other kinds of services that we we have like specific like reliability requirements for that like we might not have time to think about so much like log aggregation or like error reporting, stuff yeah. like that. Like it's it's nice to be able to like pay somebody else to like get something that works pretty well and uh, is really intuitive. 
yeah so there's like kind of like meta services for programmers or like yeah. feature flags too like you can build your own feature flag service yeah you mentioned one recently no yeah i've, I've been working with launch darkly recently and yeah. it's it's pretty nice because like i've built my own feature flags before right it's not that hard but when you go with a service like you get all this additional things like filtering by mm-hmm. like dimensions for the user and like rolling things out by percentages and all, all kinds of crazy stuff like that is launch darkly are you able to change the experiments if you will or the uh, feature toggles without like having to be an engineer that has to deploy it to the wild theoretically yes okay but they just need to have the patience to like understand how to do it it's like very intuitive interface but like sometimes it can seem like rocket science when you're like creating equations for like Ah, which accounts match and whatever i see so it is possible but you have to like fine tune it yeah 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 something like that you you need it to be very reliable very available like if, if that thing fails then your site doesn't work properly. Yeah. So it, that's good to have that reassurance. Like some other things that are like have additional requirements that might be nice to outsource. Like, I don't know, have you ever worked with like payments or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Definitely have been working with payments. I've been using Recurly like for managing subscriptions and stuff like that. Oh, cool. That one's really interesting. I've never used Recurly before, but they definitely manage when a user makes a purchase their account can be charged at that billing date and they take care of the charging of the credit card and stuff like that. There are many different payment gateways that allows you to charge the user, whether it's like through a credit card or through PayPal. And mm-hmm. I imagine in the future, Bitcoin. It's just me me guessing. I don't know if it's real or not, but maybe Bitcoin. <laughs> so you think you're going to be able to pay with Bitcoin? I mean, if, if, the, if the subscription service allows you to do that, they're able to do that because they're the middle service of the thing that will charge the user or something like right. that. Right. So if you want to get paid, then you can just get paid. Yeah. And then like they also manage like, let's say when the credit card expires, like they have their own system in determining whether the user is available to use your product or not and have all sorts of different web hooks that connect to your systems to ensure that someone isn't scheming to get a free product out of you. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. And, and I think I, I think it's very important to have like especially for payments because you there are so many other regulations that you have to manage when oh, it comes yeah. to when it comes to a payment like what is it PCI compliant? Yeah. That, that, that I've hear that word every so often. It's yeah, like, oh, you, you hear PCI be- and then people just like kind of shake. <laughs> like, oh no, okay, let's let's fix it. They're like you put a credit card number in a database? No. Burn it, throw it <laughs> right. out the, the microwave, the server right now. <laughs> right. Just starting over from scratch, yeah. like a new application. You don't have to worry about that. You just have that service will take care and be PCI compliant as long as you pass them. Ensure that you don't log in plain text someone's credit card into your database and your database logs, then you're like, perfect. You're fine. Because <laughs> that's like important. So you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's interesting. I was reading recently that like the just the simple idea of like payments like as a service has like opened up the field so much for people to make online businesses. Like it just it just makes it so much easier and the, the bar's just so much lower to like where you can just focus on the actual thing that you want to build that makes like your company unique instead of like all these odds and end requirements. Right. 
Yeah, and you don't have to worry about the legality of, you know, storing someone's credit card. I mean, I'm sure, you know, these different payment services charge a fee, but is that fee worth, you know, potentially going to jail because you didn't think about this one particular edge case that a credit card comes in or something like that? Oh my like, god. Wait, you can go to jail. I mean, like I mean, <laughs> I mean if uh, what happens if you're not PCI compliant? I don't know. Like you got a fine, I imagine, right? Yes. You're not going to jail. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think you might go to jail. The way that I've seen people act to be PCI compliant, <laughs> I think you go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> or if if you don't, then you probably wish that you were in jail. Yeah, you're no, just like that's, that'd be that'd be better. Yeah, because <laughs> the fine is probably ridiculous. So don't so, I mean stuff like that, it's very beneficial to use a third party service. Because then you don't have to worry about these things. Dave, I think you did bring up a good point about, you know, these third party services allowing online businesses to focus on the business. And I think like, what other tools are there that you can think of right now that would help the business just think about the thing that they're trying to sell? Right. You know, advertising services are pretty Mm. huge. Like that's like a huge business in itself in New York. Like just being able to like hook in and like dispatch ads on your pages, like you you just have to focus on like making the content and getting people there and right. then you know that you can you can use these services to get ads yeah and i guess also like analytics of like tracking who's who's there and who's where like right kind of who's thing. clicking on what like what product actually gets clicked more like that kind of stuff yeah yeah and like there's there's some pretty advanced tools out there like google analytics is kind of a baseline thing but then you have something like hot jar where you can have like heat maps and yeah. other services where you can like track in real time like where the user is and you know who who they are and yeah that's it's, pretty nuts it's pretty it's pretty crazy stuff but yeah like if you wanted to build that yourself then you'd be you'd be there for long that'd be your product right that'd be your product <laughs> yeah you would, you would build it and then you'd be like wait i should just sell this yeah exactly <laughs> because it takes a long time to set up these things that already exist that Allows you to just say, all right, I'll just hook this in and see what analytics I'll collect or what ads actually, you know, what ads can I sell to the website. With that in mind, we can say that that you save a lot of time at the end of the day when you do use these third-party services. But I guess things don't always go well. No, and I think I think this is the second the the part where we talk about the painful parts <laughs> of using third-party services. Oh man, like yeah. yes. Google Analytics is great. Recurly is great. But like, oof, when you have to write tests for these things. Oh, yeah. Or like make sure that they work. It gets Sometimes it can be really difficult to, you know, hook into these APIs, you know, because the service exists elsewhere right. outside of your organization or your company. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely tricky. Like you might need to like mock out all of the API calls in your application and you know, I think we've talked in the past about like how challenging that can be with testing using a tool like VCR with with RSpec. Yeah, and Ruby will will get you there to record the request response and play that back. But it, it's not easy, and it can be sometimes unreliable. Right. Yeah, because like you can have a VCR that you know and save that cassette, so you don't want to have to fetch that every so often. But that cassette could be old. And then you could be potentially expecting a response to act a certain way mm-hmm. when it has changed for some time. And, you know, your test is still going to pass, but then won't have any idea why your API is failing. I like to try to, like, 
abstract a third party, like give it like some kind of a thin wrapper mm-hmm. in the code base. So that way, like I can do the mocks at that point and like just have some understanding about what that service should do. Like my internal imaginary mapping service or right. location service that like just secretly wires out to something else or my secret feature flag service that yeah. calls out but right i mean and i think that's a good pattern to follow right because you want to make sure that say launch darkly doesn't work out for you anymore and you find a better you know feature flag third yeah. party service launch then, launch brightly yeah launch brightly <laughs> yes totally is not copyright infringement yeah. <laughs> but if you had if you had a wrapper that wraps over your launch darkly then you know that interface can it doesn't matter what third-party service you use because you should be able to replace it with act accordingly to the code that currently exists yeah which is like a good pattern to follow but yeah i think like you know vcr there's definitely other cases where one may expect these third-party features to work and they may do changes that that break your code and you're unaware of it because you mock it differently than what's expected in real time Mm -hmm. probably some like smoke tests would help you catch that but even then it's probably too late because your users are now seeing it and you know that kind of sucks yeah yeah i guess that that kind of like tails into like you know documentation and service aspects when your api changes unexpectedly like hopefully they're they're doing some communication they're right. like documenting it really well and and like uh, doing it in a controlled fashion so you're not like in the kind of a crappy situation or like you you can plan for it I think the only good example I've seen of that is probably React. I know that's weird to call that a third-party service, but I know like if you open up the console and you use certain like features without importing, the example that comes to mind is like prop types. Like, oh, you can't use prop types that way anymore. Please import prop types, the actual package, to continue using it if you're using an old React version or something like that. Oh, yeah. But I think yeah. like deprecation the counts- warnings. Yeah, exactly. Deprecation warnings definitely help in that regard, but you don't I don't often see that in other third party services. You just kind of go to the doctor and say, hey, that looks different than what I'm currently doing. Maybe yeah. I should update that. I, I know GitHub has been pretty good with their like their V3 GraphQL API because yeah. like, it's like a first class thing that they can like indicate like, hey, this field is going away. It's yeah. being deprecated. And I've I've looked at that and they, they have some pretty detailed docs. But then you you do have to do the due diligence and like actually look at it. Right. When you have something else to do with your life. Yeah. Probably. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You want to, you can't build it and forget it when you use third party apps because they may just change right under you. Yeah. I guess you're saving time up front, but you, you still have to invest in it. Yeah. Sometimes, like if you're doing things in your local environment or in a non production environment, that could also be like a little bit weird. Yeah. I definitely fall into that trap often because like my local environment isn't going to respond to webhooks that are going to come from the third party service. Oh yeah. Right. Cause like how then I would have, it would be really weird to configure to my particular IP address so that the webhook could then hit like the third party service that hits my machine. It's not a thing. And then it's you really do your, like your Bitcoin payment on your local machine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like really difficult to set that up. So I don't think that um like for non-production testing of third-party software can be like it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. And I guess it depends on like how well supported it is too cuz like if it's really popular it might be like easier to do cuz they've like invested the time in 
how it should work but if right if it if it isn't then maybe you got to figure it out for yourself one of the other pain points that i've seen is when you use a third-party service that has the support bubble you have a question and it's just like really difficult to get an answer Oh, like yeah. another person on the other side is trying to do their best <laughs> answering the question. Sometimes it could just be really difficult. It's like, that's not the answer I'm looking for. I yeah. need a better answer. You're just like going way off the script that they're ready to answer. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the times it's so funny. I'll just like hit up the support bubble and then just start dropping like JavaScript objects. And they're like, whoa. We're going to contact our third level support and we'll get back to you. All the Those way are to the top. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, hey, when in doubt, just drop JavaScript <laughs> objects into that support bubble and they'll be like, whoa, hold on a second. Um, we'll get right back to you. Someone will get back to you. And they're like, hey, you can talk JavaScript to that person, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, I've done that in the past too with like ad services too. It's pretty specific to integrate with with those things. And you want to do it the right way so that you're not like impacting the user negatively when the page is loading and, and whatnot. So they, they do have like engineers who are available if you like, if you poke the right people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, I have this object that I got as error. And you drop that. It's like, what are other errors that I may expect in this experience? And like, whoa, we'll get right back to you. And then they're like, cool. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Nice. It's a pro tip. There you go. Give that one for free. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and there you have it. I do think that even though we mentioned those pain points that we discussed just now, there are some third-party tools that you should just use. Like I don't think reinventing the wheel for payments is a good idea when you just want to sell something. Yeah. I'm not going to write a geospatial time service to like for time zones or something yeah, no, no, like, please don't don't ask your engineers to do that please if your boss is telling you to do that have them play this episode <laughs> it takes a lot of time and energy to reinvent the wheel when you could easily download a package that may do it for you in half the time so that you can still deliver awesome product yeah. And when you play this episode for your boss, make sure that you get them to like and subscribe and yeah, give us a five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> there you go. Leave a five-star review. That's very important. <laughs> Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.